the college football show on the Coach T podcast presented by Turner Sports Training, TST. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Hey. You know what time it is. Yeah. You know what time it is. You are watching a master at work. <laughs> Some people are probably like, what time is it? You know what time it is. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are now listening to the Coach T College Football Show with Mook. Uh, Before we get into our best of segment, before we get into the pick the winner segment, before we talk about the college football playoffs that just released um, and get into all the good stuff that involves that. Mook, how are you doing? I'm doing great. uh, I'm just going to give a shout out to my uh, Northern Indiana State champion, Little Brickies, uh, for their big win this weekend. So, yes, Con- congratulations to you and your team, man! Awesome win <laughs> by you guys. You guys beat Maryville, correct? That's correct. It was mm-hmm. not easy. Double overtime. Double OT. Double OT. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like it. It was a better overtime game than the Illinois and Penn State. Yeah, game, I yeah. Although, although you could argue that. There was times in the game where you weren't sure that either team wanted to win the way we were giving it back <laughs> to each other. And, uh, well, at least know, these are young kids. Touchdowns called back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? At least they're that. At least they're eleven year olds. Yeah, know? they got a little bit of a of an excuse. But hey, no, yeah, congratulations right. to you. Congratulations <laughs> to your coaching staff. Congratulations, obviously, to your players and the parents. You know, long season. You, you know, you, you don't you don't do it for anything else but the love of the game. So, congratulations to you and your team. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right. So let's let's get right into it. Um, Today, uh, audience, we will go through our quickly, quickly, quickly through our best of segment. Um, A lot of that will probably involve what we both agree on was a a game of the week last weekend, the Michigan, Michigan State game and that thriller. That was an awesome game. Um, And then we'll go into, as mentioned, the college football playoffs. The rankings just dropped tonight. So that's like perfect timing for us. And then we'll dive deep into our picking and our selecting um, we'll pick the winner for every top 25 matchup this week all right so let's dive right into it first the best of and let's just talk about that michigan michigan state game again game of the week for me i assume same thing for you game of the weekend uh what started off as a it's it looked like a blowout from the start michigan's up 16 points it's looking like a route it's looking like they're going to run away with it in East Lansing. Then lo and behold, Kenneth Walker III has a Heisman moment. Probably his second or third Heisman moment, but this was his biggest Heisman moment. He was my player of the week. That was my game of the week. And actually, my fill-in-the-blank of the week. Uh, actually, Mel Tucker is my coach of the week. And my fill-in-the-blank of the week was Gus Johnson's call. Kenneth Walker III scored maybe his fourth touchdown, I think it was. Maybe his fifth. And as he's strolling into the end zone, Gus Johnson, who I absolutely love, says, Kenneth Walker, hello, New York. Because he's going yeah. to be going to New York at the end of the year uh, for the Heisman presentation. I cannot wait to see how Michigan State finishes the year. And I definitely can't wait to see how Kenneth Walker finishes the year. He's a first-round running back. But his story in college is going to be one for the record books and, and definitely one in East Lansing that they will remember forever. And he's now led his team into the, the top four rankings for the college football playoffs. So everything is going right in East Lansing when, you know, that game started, as mentioned. It didn't look like it didn't look too hot for Michigan State and Sparty. Mm-hmm. But they fought, 
They fought hard. Mel Tucker, who was one of my coaches of the week, I think about three weeks ago, he showed that his team can fight, they can come back, and what Mark D'Antonio began, he was able to continue. So shout out to Michigan State. And just shout out to college football for, for providing such a wonderful game. And shout out to Gus Johnson, man. I love you, man. Yeah, no, I, I you know, just piggybacking on all that. We kind of talked before, ahead of time. I mean, you know, Michigan Michigan State was definitely my, you know, best game of the week. I, I think there were some great ones. You know, San Diego State, Fresno State, to, off the top of my head, was a, was a good one. But, I mean, and Mel Tucker was definitely my, my coach of the week. And I think one of the things that <clears> – <throat> about Mel Tucker that, that I've grown to like is that, um, you know, around here, he didn't have the greatest name because of uh, a Bears defense that he ran that was, you know, really bad. And um, and also, you know, some time in Jacksonville that, you know, uh, wasn't wasn't top-notch. But since then, you know, he's at Bama. So, so Nick Saban doesn't just take some guy, you know. I mean, so, you know, he Especially gets Mel on the- Tucker. Yeah, especially on the defensive side, which is right. Nick Saban's right. favorite. Yeah, yeah. So there, he goes mm-hmm. to a, an awful situation in Colorado and 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 makes them a you know a five hundred team from you know from like a two win team or something, and then goes over here and just um, grabs a bunch of uh, you know transfers and and somehow makes it work and and now there's signs everywhere at game day saying you know hey he's Next guy at LSU, I don't know, but that's a pretty pretty interesting uh, career. But I think watching Game Day really it was the first time I listened to him talk, and I get it. Like I like this guy, and and I love that he closed it up. And with you know what, I don't like Michigan. I mean, that's <laughs> beautiful. You, know, you yeah. gotta have a coach that says I, I yeah. just don't like. It, you know. And so, he's a, that, if I'm not mistaken, funny. he is born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. So. Yeah, he grew up not that, li- not like in Michigan, so right, <laughs> you know what I mean. So that makes sense, and he's just he's just so smooth, man. You know, I heard him on, yeah. I think the same interview. He just seems real chill, you know. Yeah. He, I, I feel like he doesn't get too up, he doesn't get too down. He stays even killed, and that's the type of coach that can have long sustaining success because I feel like their teams follow that mode. So much mm-hmm. happens in college football. You know, you have a great play, you have a bad play, you have a great half, you have a bad half. Michigan State had a terrible first first half. Second half, they stayed even killed, similar to Mel Tucker, and they were able to pull out that game. So definitely game of the week for me and me and you. Player of the week, clearly Kenneth Walker the third. Coach coach of the week, Mel Tucker. Um now let's let's talk about the flip side of this. Michigan and John John. Yeah, John, right? John Harbaugh? Jim Harbaugh. Oh, I'm losing my mind. Jim, jeez. All right, so let's talk about Michigan, Jim Harbaugh. Where do they go from here? I mean, look, that's that's not a bad loss. The way the loss happened was bad. Again, giving up a 16-point lead. But overall, you look up, that's not a terrible loss for them. It is a rivalry game. It was in East Lansing. Um, but I still think they have a bright future this season. Uh, I think it does knock them out of the college football playoffs, unfortunately. So the people out there in Ann Arbor, I know you're wishing for that. I don't think that happens unless something catastrophic happens with Ohio State or Michigan State, which could happen. But for Michigan, where do they go from here? Uh, I mean, you, Jim Harbaugh now has never beaten Ohio State and he's lost three times, I think, to Michigan State. So he's lost a lot to his 
you know, sworn enemies. That doesn't set well in, you know, Ann Arbor. I mean, you the hot seat talks begin you can kind of forget that unless they just mutually decide which is the 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 I guess the way that everything's done anymore as Gary Patterson now. But um I, I think that these are games that they're gonna lose some patience and like you gotta win these games, especially you run beaten and you lose the little brother. Um you gotta scoop some momentum back for the Ohio State game to finish up, uh, you know, and it doesn't get any easier because you got Penn State, you know, coming yeah. too. So, yep, this is the um, meat of their it's schedule. It's gonna be interesting to see how they rebound. Yeah. Yep, cool, man. So let's let's get right into the college football playoffs. The first rankings of the year for the college football playoffs. We mentioned Michigan State. Uh, they are within that top four. I'll actually read it from. From number one, number one is clearly Georgia, 8-0 on the year. Alabama is number two. They're 7-1 on the year. Michigan State is number three, who's 8-0, still undefeated. And then Oregon, a West Coast team, is number four. And then to round out five and six, we have Ohio State at five, and then Cincinnati at six, and then you have Michigan, Oklahoma, Wake Forest, Notre Dame to round out the top ten. So were you saying something there? No, okay. no, I, I mean, <clears throat> no, there's, you know, <laughs> there's some interesting. Who stays, who stays, who stays, who's in, who's out at the end of the year. Let's make some predictions. Wow. Well, I, I tell you what, here's, here's something that I kind of just kind of wrote in as like my best fill in the blank. And that's just chaos because of what could happen. <laughs> Because mm-hmm, there's okay. a lot of things that could happen. Because you're talking about you. right now an unbeaten Michigan State, uh, an unbeaten Wake Forest, who, who I, you know, I'm not sure how I feel about them, but they're unbeaten. And uh, there's not a not beatable team in the uh, unbeatable team in the ACC. You know, Cincinnati should win out. Um, the thing that's really going to start getting it weird is if, you know, you have a a situation where an Auburn who uh, kind of controls their own destiny in the West is able to, you know, knock off a, uh, or maybe some of said they lose to Bama, but Bama knocks off, um, you know, Georgia, you Georgia, know, right. You know, right. And, and maybe Bama slips up against somebody, you know, so there's a lot that could go wrong. Still. <laughs> and which mm-hmm. is like, this would be the year we talked about it earlier. Just let's just say, you know what, let's have the 12th team now. Let's just have yeah. the 12th team now. Yeah. Let's go for yeah. it, you know? Yeah. It's it's, um, it's definitely due. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you were to ask me who's in, who's out, I, I think that Alabama, with one loss, if they lose in the SEC championship game to Georgia, right. it, they're out unless, eh, you know. unless but they are Alabama, right. <laughs> yeah. Unless Ohio not- State State loses a game and Oklahoma loses and Michigan State loses. And Oregon, I mean, they're... They can yeah, be cr- two losses, you know. Listen, I, I will say there's, you know, the college football playoffs and the committee, they get a lot of flack. One thing I will say is that they do, even though they seemingly have the same teams every year, they do create a lot of conversation and they do right. keep it open ended in terms of the potential chaos that you mentioned. Right. Because if Alabama wins out and they beat Georgia, then what happens at the end of the year? Right. Does does that right. does that one Georgia loss to Alabama, does that count more than Alabama's early season loss to Texas A&M? You know, so there's so many things that could potentially happen. 
So, I mean, to, to me, again, I, I'll read the, the rankings for, for the fans out there. Number one, Georgia, Alabama's two, Michigan State, Oregon, Ohio State, Cincinnati. Those are the top six. I don't really think Michigan, Oklahoma, Wake Forest, and Notre Dame can, can really make a push. Um, those round out the top ten. For me, Ohio State is a team that can leapfrog someone. Their only loss was to the number four team, Oregon, right? A out-of-conference team early, early in the season. Mm-hmm. It's so long ago that you almost forget that they lost. And the way that they're looking, and again, it's Ohio. It's a, it's a franchise. It's a brand. It's Ohio State. I can see Ohio State somehow, some way leapfrogging Oregon, especially if Oregon on the West Coast, they end up slipping up and losing a game because really, sure. Oregon has to win out. Like they, they have no games on their schedule where they can say, hey, we can maybe lose this game and, it, and it's a bad loss. They don't have that opportunity because there's no teams on the West Coast outside of Oregon that are, are in consideration. The, the next West Coast team that's even within this ranking, I'm going down the list, would be BYU. And they're at yeah. 15. So that just shows you that, you know, this definitely has a South, East Coast, Northern, Midwest bias. Oregon cannot lose a game, but I think that they potentially will lose again. They, they always seemingly lose at the wrong time. Even when they had Justin Herbert, they lost at the wrong time later later in the year and his senior year. I definitely remember that one. So for me, I think that Ohio State can jump Oregon, especially if Ohio State ends up beating Michigan. They haven't played Michigan State yet, um, so I don't know if they do. But they definitely, if they get a win over Michigan, they win the Big Ten title. Again, this is Ohio State. It's, it's hard. This is the same team <laughs> that uh, the Big Ten last year in the COVID year allowed Ohio State to surpass Indiana for this championship game. So, you know, they're going to work out favors for, for the Buckeyes. And again, I get it. They're a franchise. I say that repeatedly. They're a team that I could definitely see leapfrogging. Cincinnati. I don't know. They need a lot of style points. I don't know what their schedule, uh, what they finish up with, but I don't know if they even have a top 25 game to finish up their season. Um, in the last two weeks, now they won those games, but they haven't looked the greatest. Um, and then again, I, I don't see a Michigan, and Oklahoma or Wake Forest or Notre Dame really making that jump. So fans out there, if, if you have an opinion, definitely let us know. I will say, like you said, Mook, we do need more teams. I'm kind of an advocate for, I was telling one of our coaches uh, about this last week. I'm an advocate for, look, if, if they don't want to go to 12 teams, I think that can somewhat get watered down. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that you go with six teams. And hear me out, six teams, similar to how the NFL does it, right? They have six teams on the AFC side and six teams on the NFC side. One and two. So, for instance, we keep it how it is. Georgia and Alabama, they would get buys the first week. And then three through six would play so then you go from six one and two get buys the other four teams they play each other the winner of those two games then they play the two teams that were on the buys so they would play georgia and alabama if if it ended this season i think that's better because when you start getting to again 12 is 11 and 12 it's oklahoma state and baylor like who wants to see baylor versus Georgia. I mean, I will. I'm sure you will. But I don't think that a team like Baylor or Oklahoma State or Auburn or BYU has a chance against, you know, one of those top two teams. So to me, that's the way to do it. Go with six teams. And then you can always build on that five, 10 years from now. Then you can go to eight teams or you can go to 10 or you can go to 12, whatever you want to do from there. So, yeah. And and that's, I think, the, I guess, my reasoning for 
wanting it a little bit bigger is just because I think you're going to do it anyway. You know, and, and that that's why maybe this buys a little bit more time. I think the landscape's going to be different in 10 years for for college football in general. Um, but uh, that's my thing. I mean, because I don't know. I, I just I like the matchups of maybe some of these other, you know, teams along the way. Ultimately, like we can sit here right now and and say we know that Georgia is the best team in the country. I mean, you know, um, but they still have to play, you know, probably Alabama, you know, and for the, you know, SEC championship. So they're going to earn it. You know, it's not just going to be handed to them. But, you know, but I mean, Oklahoma, they, they look like a different team, but they're, you know, uh, you know, with Caleb Williams and they haven't been beaten. So, I mean, there's a lot of things True. that can, need to be sorted out happen. here. But hey, you but, said it. Chaos. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, here's my thing. Okay, so if I'm on the committee, you know, <laughs> this is the hard part because you actually have a a result that shows you that Oregon beat Ohio State. Now, I'm looking at now. How many weeks later? I test tells me that wouldn't happen. Now, you know, I just I don't believe for one second that Ohio State would lose to Oregon right now. But, you know, how do you quantify it? You play the game. Well, they played the game, and they lost them. So it'll definitely be interesting to see when how this all shakes out. Yes, it'll certainly be interesting. I cannot wait. I will speak for you. I know you cannot wait. Um, again, this is what makes college football wonderful. You know, I, re- I remember the BCS days. You know, I actually, I remember prior to that, I remember just the days of, hey, who's the undefeated team? We just pick whoever it was, the committee, they just pick who's the best team. Like, there are a lot of fans out there, a lot of kids that I know, they have no clue about the days where they would just select the, the quote-unquote national national champion. So, it is good to see these teams actually play. You make a great point about um, Oregon. They actually have beaten, you know, one of those top teams. They've already done it. I'm just excited to see, you know, what happens, where it goes. Right. You know what what happens, and again, I, I'm I'm all for, I'm all for a mook, all the chaos in the world. Give me chaos. Give me more, 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 more chaos. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah. All right. So let's 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 go right into these games, man. A lot of top twenty five matchups this week. A lot of wonderful games. Last week was wonderful. I think this week would be even better. I expect a couple upsets. So that's kind of letting you know where I'm thinking with things. So uh, our next segment will be pick the winner. This is powered by the Legacy Indiana Football College Showcase, which is coming this December 4th, 2021. This will be hosted at the Sparta Dome in Crown Point, Indiana. Signups are available online, so student athletes, football players are looking to get an eye out for recruitment. Please go sign up. We have more information that we'll send out. All right, so we have a little match in the night. By the way, I'm, we're not going to talk about those games, but that's another reason to love college ball. We got some Tuesday <laughs> matching games. Those games are going on right now. None of those games are ranked matchups, uh, unfortunately, but shout out to the Mac. Uh, yeah. Those are our little brothers here in the Big Ten country. But our first ranked game will be Thursday. We have Georgia Southern facing number 24, Louisiana Lafayette. Lafayette is minus 12 at home and 53 and a half is the over under couple trends. Georgia State is six and one against the spread in their last seven road games. They're also five and one against the spread in their last six games overall. 
Louisiana Lafayette is 5-0 straight up in their last five games against Georgia State and 5-0 straight up in their last five games overall. Mook, pick the winner. So Levi Lewis, the quarterback at, at Louisiana, uh, he is he just became the all-time uh, touchdown leader. He, he broke uh, Jake DeLome's record. So congrats to him. Um, mm. For them, now, Louisiana, you look at them. They uh, they got one loss, that opening uh, loss to Texas, who, you know, we thought could have been a, uh, you know, maybe a possible upset. Georgia State's kind of turning some things on. This game's a little bit trickier than at first blush. They uh their losses this year they're four and four their losses this year to Army North Carolina Auburn and App State so they've they've played the schedule you know and and they've gotten a couple in a row here I think uh, Louisiana is the uh, is the team you know in this one I think they they move on and uh, I think that they're looking for you know maybe to try to capture themselves a, a conference championship here so. Yeah. Uh, but I would definitely take the Rage Occasions in this one. Yes. Um, so I will say this. I got burned last week. I was trying to be, uh, you know me, Mook. I, I try mm. to be contrary with a couple of these picks. And <laughs> um, actually, one of our coaches, by the way, he said, look, he doesn't love the fact that we seemingly, you and I, pick some of the same teams. And yeah. that coach goes by the name of Scoot, which is, you, you know, Scoot. <laughs> okay, you know yeah. how he is. So uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go a little con- contrary contrary today, which you know I love to do, Yeah, but not with this game. Okay. Louisiana right. Lafayette wins this game, but in terms of the actual number, 12 points, I don't think they cover that. I think you mentioned a couple of the great points about Georgia State. They just play tough, and they are much better than what their record shows. Again, Lafayette, they win this matchup. They win this game on Thursday night, which I think will be a really good game. I'll I'll definitely be tuned in for this one. But Georgia State, they keep it close within that 12 number. Next matchup to start our Saturday slate, we have number 23, SMU, who are five and a half point favorites against Memphis. 70 and a half is the number. SMU is seven and one straight up in their last eight games. Memphis is 18 and one in their last 19 games at home. I had no clue about that. They hardly ever lose at home. Okay. Something to note. Um, The total has gone over in four of SMU's last five road games. However, the total has gone under in the last five home games for Memphis. Mook, pick the winner. Seth Hennigan is a he's a really good quarterback. He's Memphis's quarterback. He's throwing for twenty one hundred yards, sixteen touchdowns, four interceptions. He's a game time decision. Um, they had a lot going against them in this game, as it is with with that, and that could be gamesmanship. You never know with game time decisions. But SMU really needs to bounce back to keep themselves uh, alive in the in the AAC. Um, in you know for. Uh, another chance to uh you know to get the conference um with the kind of banged up quarterback situation i'm definitely going to take smu but if he's healthy i think this game could be pretty tricky especially with the fact how memphis plays at home yeah yeah memphis obviously clearly plays tough at home um hey going back to our best of smu and who did they play last week you know my memory's bad um, it was one of our top games last week. Houston, right? Houston. Okay, okay. Yeah. That that return by Houston with yeah, twenty four seconds of the week. Left, that was <laughs> yeah. the play of the week. That really yeah. was the play of the week right there. I I've never. I don't think I've ever seen a kickoff return for a win. 
Right. I don't think I've ever seen that. And that happened again, fans, with like 25 seconds to go on the clock, mm-hmm. kick return by Houston. And the guy takes it 100 yards for the, for the game-winning score. So that was a wonderful play by that young man. Um, I agree with you. I do think, look, I, I talked about being different than you, and I, I agree with you for the first two games. <laughs> um, I, I, I do see SMU winning this matchup. Uh, I, I, I like the number here, five and a half. I just, I don't know, man. You did mention a lot of good points about Memphis. Um, but for some reason, Mordecai, that quarterback from SMU, I just like what they can do on offense. I will say there will be a lot of points scored in this game. 70 and a half is the over under. I don't mm-hmm. even think that's high enough there, I, especially if Memphis's quarterback plays. So I think there'll be a lot of points scored. SMU will score a majority of those points. So give me the ponies. Under. Next game, we have number six, Ohio State. They are 15-point favorites against Nebraska, your team. 64 is the over-under. Ohio State is 5-0 and straight up in their last five games against Nebraska. And Nebraska is not good, Mook. 1-5 straight up in their last <laughs> six games. And 1-6 against the spread in their last seven games against Ohio State. And the total has gone over in five of the last five Ohio State road games. Mook, pick the winner. So I don't know what, you know, kind of state of mind um, the Nebraska players are going to be in. It doesn't matter much because I think the outcome is going to be an Ohio State win. But if I was to tell you at three and six that Nebraska has played a top 10 schedule, they have the number 16 offense in yardage. And the number twenty-three defense in scoring, you you would tell me that that's probably a pretty decent football team. And if they have six losses and every single loss has been by one score, you you know it, they're in every game. Mm-hmm. So so they've been up before and played well against Ohio State, and they've gotten their doors blown off. So I don't know which version is going to show up here. I'm going to be saying more towards the latter. Because I don't know mentally where they're at um, after yeah. the Purdue, after the Purdue loss, it's just been too many. And after Minnesota and Purdue, all the momentum that mm-hmm. Scott Frost was getting, it may be gone, and it may be really gone if they lose by thirty, which I'm saying could happen. This is my lock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, to me, this is, has potential a blowout of the week. I'm going to keep it short here. Ohio State wins, and Ohio State wins big. These are two teams that definitely one is going the other direction. Nebraska, you don't know what you're going to get. And if I don't know what I'm going to get from you, give me the team that is number six overall ranked, and they have potential to play in the college football playoffs, and they are one of the biggest brands in college football, and that being the Buckeyes. So I have Ohio State winning big. Sorry, Mook. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next, we have number 10, Wake Forest, facing North Carolina. North Carolina, surprisingly, they are two-and-a-half-point favors at home. 75-and-a-half is the over-under. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Wake Forest is 5-and-0 straight up in their last five games. North Carolina, they are 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five games at home against Wake Forest. And the total has gone over in the last five matchup between these two teams in Chapel Hill. Mook, pick the winner. I touched on it last week. Wake Forest now gets into the tougher part of their schedule with North Carolina, NC State, I think BC, which is, you know, whatever, and, and uh, Virginia Tech left. So not, you know, not 
that they can't win these games, but I am taking, and I didn't know the point spread when I picked this, but I am I am taking the Tar Heels in this one. I think it's a shootout, and this is my most most points of the week. I think this game's gonna, uh, you know, it's gonna Maybe be hundred forty nine. Maybe hit a hundred. Yeah, yeah, it could. <laughs> I, both teams could have hundred. So I think Howe and Hartman are gonna light it all up, and mm-hmm. uh, I, but I, you know what, I'm gonna take the Tar Heels, and I guess it's not an upset to the favorite, but all right, cool. Cool, cool, cool. So this has potential. This is my honorable mention, highest scoring game of the week. I'm actually, this is an opportunity for me to jump on a bandwagon for the Demon Deacons. I used to love this, the Wake Forest back in the day, especially basketball when they had. Yeah, I, I was a Wake Forest basketball. Yes, player. yes. Yeah. When they when they had Tim Duncan, they used to have. Mm-hmm. Um, Rodney Rogers. You know, yes, okay. Rodney Rogers. Who else did they have? Did they have, they had a Chris Paul. Chris Paul went there. Yeah, right? Chris Paul. Okay, yep. yeah. So always shout out to them, man. I've always loved their teams. Yeah. All right. So this is an opportunity for me to take uh, the Demon Deacons on the football field and as a underdog, the number 10 team. I've doubted them the last couple of weeks. I've gone. And I, I remember the the Army game. I had Army as an upset pick. Yeah, they blew the too. doors off of Army. I, I I think I picked the. I think I picked them last week, but I didn't think they were cover, and they they clearly covered last week. I think it was sixteen and a half points. I have them not only covering this game against North Carolina, but I have them winning this game against North Carolina. Give me the Demon Deacons. Shout out to you guys. Next game, we have Missouri facing number one, Georgia. The Bulldogs, they are 38-point favorites. 59-and-a-half is the over-under. Georgia clearly is undefeated. Um, this is the 5-0 and in their last five games. They're also 5-0 and straight up in their last five games at home. And the total has gone over in six of the last seven Missouri games, as well as four of the last five Missouri games on the road. Mook, pick the winner. Dogs. That's it. Simple, yeah. I got, I got, I got dogs to win, and I don't think Missouri keeps it close. I think this ends up being a score of like, I think Georgia hits close to fifty, man. So I'm thinking like forty nine to seven. You'd be lucky if Missouri scores a touchdown, forty nine to seven. That's what I'm looking at. I don't know what else we say about Georgia. They're good, man. They're just so good. Yeah, yeah. All right, next matchup we have Liberty. This is going to be a really good game, by the way. Liberty facing number 15, Ole Miss. Ole Miss, they are nine-point favors at home. 67 and a half is the over-under. Liberty, they are 19 and three straight up in their last 22 games. They're also 14 and three against the spread in their last 17 games. Ole Miss, they are 5 and 0 in their last five home games. And the total has gone under in four of the last five games for Ole Miss. Mook, pick the winner. I, I really do like Malik Willis, uh, Liberty's quarterback. I think he's an NFL guy. Um, I, I think that the uh, the loss to Syracuse really wasn't bad, but the upset loss to uh, Louisiana Monroe was a killer. Uh, kind of took the me thinking earlier in the season this could be an upset off the books, but I think right now Lane Kiffin and uh, Matt Corral are going to be all gas and no breaks, and um, it it could be a little bit prob- problematic this game, but. I think ultimately in Oxford, the uh, Ole Miss, they need this win, and I think they're going to go get it. Yes, I think there will be a lot of style points by Ole Miss, and I think Liberty can hang tough. Okay, mm-hmm. That minus nine point is, is is a little tricky, and that is all the reason why this is my highest scoring game of the week. Mm-hmm. 67 and a half points is, is the over-under. I know recently, I think, what, four of the last five games for Ole Miss, they have gone under. But that is all the reason for me to take the over here. I just feel like eventually 
this is a number that 67 and a half is just not high enough because Liberty, I feel like they will keep it close. And if they're keeping it close to Ole Miss, that means a lot of points are being scored by both teams. So, yes, I have Ole Miss winning. I have Liberty keeping it within that nine number. So I have them covering the number there. And I have this game again as my highest scoring matchup of the week. Next game, um, arguably one of the better games, especially in the SEC, maybe throughout the entire country. We have number 12 Auburn facing number 13 Texas A&M. This is the second game on the board where technically the the lower ranked team, which is Texas A&M, they are favorites over the ranked team, higher ranked team. Texas A&M, they are four and a half point favorites at home. 50 is the over under. Texas A&M, they are 12 and one straight up in their last 13 home games. They're also 14 and two straight up in their last 16 games overall. Auburn, they are four and one straight up in the last five games and the total has gone under in eight of the last 10 road games for Auburn. Hook, pick the winner. This is my lowest scoring game of the week, right here. Um, A&M's defense is is you know very good. Um, I, I think that they're going to cause all kinds of trouble for uh, Auburn. That said, Auburn's got a lot of playmakers on defense, and they can score uh, at a higher rate, I think, than A&M. Auburn controls their own destiny in the West. If they can win. This game, and then get a win in a couple weeks against Alabama. You know, and they have some other things along the way, but that's crazy to think that they could be the West champion just because Alabama hasn't. They've lost twice the last two meetings at Jordan Air Stadium in Auburn. I'm gonna. I, I, it's tough to say at College Station that Auburn's gonna win this game. I, it's kind of against what. I first thought, but I'm going to take Auburn in this one. I'm going to go War Eagle. I think they need it. Perfect. Okay, perfect. I'm taking Texas A&M. I am not going against Texas A&M in College Station. It's a different story if this game was played at Auburn, but it's not. Okay, so I, I think the 12s will go absolutely crazy in this matchup. I think Vegas has it right. Texas A&M is a is a slightly above better team when they're playing at home against Auburn. This is what this number tells me, four and a half points. I'm all over Texas A&M. I like the fact that they had, I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, they were off last week. So they had a chance to, you know, heal up a little bit. They had a chance to kind of scheme a little bit. Auburn played a, a high-paced, fast game against Ole Miss last week at home. Now they're on the road and really is what their, is their game of the year right now. So yeah. I like Texas A&M at home. In this matchup, knowing that, hey, both teams have a lot to play for. So give me the home team. So give me Texas A&M. All right, next matchup would be really quick. Um, I, I guarantee both of us are taking BYU. They are playing Idaho State. Um, there is actually no official line on this matchup. Um, but I searched the Internet high and low, and I, and I found, that, found out that BYU in some places, they are nearly 40-point favorites. Um, specifically, there are 38 point favorites at home. Um, I don't even have to read the trends. We're both going with BYU, correct? Right. That's correct. Now, watch, watch this be an upset alert <laughs> come Saturday. Well, yeah. I, I, I tell you what, BYU did show me something last week, though, being able to keep <laughs> pace Virginia. and surpass the pace with Virginia. Cause I yeah. did pick Virginia to win that game. I didn't think BYU could keep the pace, but. Uh, I, Virginia's defense decided that it was much worse than yeah. uh, 
than I mm-hmm. uh, than I expected. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, BYU all day here. Yeah. Okay. Next we have Tulsa facing number two. Are they number two? I had that wrong. They're not number two. Cincinnati. Um. Yeah, I guess they are number two in the AP. Okay. Yeah. So Tulsa facing number two in the AP, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, they are 22 and a half point favorites at home. 54 and a half is the over under. Cincinnati, they are 24 and one straight up in their last 25 home games. The total has gone over in six of Tulsa's last seven games, as well as the total has gone over in five of Tulsa's last five road games. Mook, pick the winner. Uh, Tulsa's had some dangerous teams in the past, and this one isn't going to be one of them, and at least not dangerous to Cincinnati. So I, I even though Cincinnati hasn't been playing as well, I still like the Bearcats in this one uh, very big. Yeah, Bearcats win this game. Um, I, I don't necessarily like the number of 22.5, especially when 54 is the expected, uh, you know, over-under number. So I actually will take Tulsa against the, Tulsa against the number. Mm-hmm. But in terms of winning this game, yeah, Cincinnati again with those college football playoff rankings coming on, uh, just coming out. They are number six right now. I love teams like that in a situation like they have to win. They got to win big. So actually, now that I think about it, give me Cincinnati, not only with this number, but also give me them to win. They cover this number. I take back what I just said, um, <laughs> simply because Cincinnati has a lot to play for and they, and they need style points. So I don't think they take the foot off the off, off the pedal at all in this game. So Cincinnati big at home, which is another main reason why I'm taking them big. Give me Cincinnati. Give me the Bearcats at home big. Next, we have number 11, Oklahoma State. They are three-point favorites on the road in Morgantown facing West Virginia. 49 points is the over-under. Oklahoma State is 5-0 against the spread in the last five road games, as well as 5-0 against the spread in their last five games against West Virginia. West Virginia, they are 8-1 straight up in their last nine home games. They're also 5-1 against the spread in their last six games at home. Mook, pick the winner. Yeah, I mean, so Morgan, uh, Morgantown, we discussed a tough place. Iowa State uh, didn't get it done there. We thought it'd be a tough one, but we, you know, I, I, I picked the Cyclones in that one. West Virginia also, like we talked about Pitt before, seems like a team that has a hard time putting two in a row together. Um, I, I think Oklahoma State sees some, you know, a lot to play for yet this season. And if they can win out and head into, you know, Bedlam against Oklahoma and maybe get a win there, you just never know. You never know with what the other things that could happen. So Oklahoma State needs this game. Oklahoma State's got the defense to shut down a and okay West Virginia offense and they've got enough offense to win so I'm going to go Oklahoma State uh, on the road I want to take Oklahoma State you know I've been all over them boys mm-hmm. uh, but for some reason something in my gut is telling me to take West Virginia in Morgantown they had a great upset last week I think they do the same thing this week I'm going to be a contrarian give me West Virginia simply because again their last nine home games they won eight of them in their last six home games, they're five and one against the spread. So they not only cover the spread at home, but they also win those games. So it's a tricky game for Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Now they looked wonderful last week, running the ball, throwing the ball, 
But again, they were playing Kansas. So what does that tell you, really? Um, but I think West Virginia is able to slow this game down. This will be a battle. This will be two teams that this is, to me, this is my lowest scoring game of the week. Because I don't see a lot of points being scored. I, I think there will be a lot of running in this matchup. And when there's a lot of running, a team is at home. They got three points. They're an underdog. And they're a team that's that's kind of known in West Virginia to, to get some good upset wins. So definitely give me West Virginia against this number. And just to do it, man, you know I'm Mr. Upset. Give me West Virginia at home to pull off the upset. Next, we have number 14, Baylor facing TCU. Baylor, they are six and a half point favorites on the road. 59 and a half is the over under. Note here, as you mentioned earlier, TCU and head coach Gary Patterson, they agreed to mutually part ways. I actually read that he had an opportunity to continue coaching the season, a la Ed Orgeron, um, even though he knows he's going to be out at the end of the year. He said, heck no, I'm not doing that. I'm out. You want to fire me? You want to mutually part ways? I'm not coaching another second for this team. So Jerry Kill, he will be the interim head coach for the rest of the season. Some trends here. Baylor, they are 7-1 straight up in their last eight games. They're also 6-1 against the spread in their last seven games. TCU is 5-1 straight up in their last six games against Baylor. That's pretty good. And the total has gone over in four of TCU's last five games against Baylor. Mook, pick the winner. One of these years, I'll, you know, give Baylor the respect that, you know, that they probably deserve. Uh, coach Aranda is a good coach. Um, and actually, for TCU, I mean, if if my coach steps down and I get a, a Jerry Kill to step in, I'm pretty happy, you know. He's a hell of a coach, uh, his own right. Uh, I like Baylor. I mean, there's a, lot, there's a lot going on in TCU, and that's, you know, even Jerry Kill, you know, might – as good as he is, he's that's a that's a rough situation to, to step into. Yeah. But uh, give, give me the Baylor in that one. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna ride with. I don't know, man. Um, this is a very tricky game. I try not to be long winded here. A part of me does want to take the Horn Frogs because I just feel like at home, at least, now if they were on the road. This be different. But I, but at home, I feel like maybe they fight hard. This is kind of similar to. Well, it's not similar, but. I know my NFL show, I picked the Raiders a couple weeks ago. Now, they lost their coach for a different reason, but to me, when a team like this, they kind of lose a coach, but they're at home, I feel like it's a reason for those guys to fight. But to me, TCU on a three-game losing streak, you fire a coach that is, has been with your program for 22 years that Gary Patterson has, you fire him for a reason. You just feel like things have gotten stale. So that lets me know that the people at TCU have noticed that this team is just not on the right path right now. Uh, so with that being said, I'm going to join forces with you. I'm going to take Baylor. I do feel like TCU keeps it within this six and a half number. I will say that. So it's not a betting show. We always say that. But if the number is there, I got to talk about it. TCU keeps it close. But I think in the end, Baylor, they finish it off and they win this matchup. Next, we have number 22, Penn State. They are 10-point favorites on the road at Maryland. 55 points is the over-under. Penn State is 5-1 straight up in their last six games against Maryland. Maryland, they are 4-1 straight up in their last five home games. 
The total has gone under in five of Penn State's last six games on the road. And the total has also gone under in four of the last five matchups between these two teams. Mook, pick the winner. Sean Clifford makes a big difference for Penn State. I think that's definitely, we definitely see that. The Illinois game, you know, notwithstanding that, I mean, Penn State's had a pretty solid year outside of that. And Sean Clifford is the straw that stirs the drink. Um, for them, so to speak. Uh, I like them. Maryland had a nice win, I guess, if you're a Maryland fan. You know, I wouldn't say, you know, a nice win, just, you know, with the IU <laughs> one. But um, I, I, I like Penn State in this. Yeah, man, remember that game, uh, Maryland against Iowa, like week three or four? We are all over Iowa. And they got smoked yeah. by like 50 points at home. I don't mm-hmm. think it'd be anything like that. But I do feel like Penn State has... They have a game in them that they feel like, hey, they got to show out. Honestly, the game last week against Ohio State for Penn State, they, they e- not easily, they could have won that game. And I'm sure they're in the locker room yeah. saying, hey, we, we competed. We could have beat the number six team, you know, at their place because this is, that was in Columbus. So right. we had all the opportunity to do that. I don't see why now next week we're on the road again. We go at Maryland. I don't see why we can't show out. We can't show up and show out against Maryland, against the Terps. So give me Penn State. Give me Penn State big. I feel like they have a lot of reason to try to impress. Um, it has been a stellar start to the year for Penn State. Then it got a little up and down, especially with their loss to Iowa, which, again, is another game where they had it in the bag and they kind of gave it up from there. They play Ohio State really tough, but they give it up at the end. I don't think Maryland has a shot here, and I don't know why the number is only 10, but I'm taking it, man. Give me Penn State. Give me Penn State by a lot of points in this matchup over the Terrapins. Next, we have Navy facing number eight, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, they are 20 and a half point favorites at home. 46 points is the over under. Navy, they are five and one against the spread in their last six games overall. Notre Dame, they are 23 and two straight up in their last 25 home games. Notre Dame is also 5-0 straight up in their last five home games against Navy. And the total has gone over in four of those five matchups in South Bend. Mook, pick the winner. I miss the old days of Lou Holtz after dropping 60 on someone saying, you know, ask, questioning how in the world they're going to beat Navy when they've won like 70 straight uh, that <laughs> in that matchup. But uh you know, those were those were the fun days, but this isn't going to be a very good football game. Uh, Notre Dame, they may give up some points in this one, but they seem like they got a lot going offensively. Um, Navy's not even going to come close to stopping the Irish in this one. So, uh, you know, what was the spread on this one? Where 20 and a half. 20, yeah, 20, 20 and a half. That's, that's Sounds about right. I'd, I'd, say, I'd say Notre Dame by, by three scores at least. So. Yeah. At least three scores. Um, I don't think there's a way where Navy can can keep it close. You're going to have to hope if you're a Navy fan for miscues by Notre Dame in terms of turnovers, maybe some special teams plays. But again, Notre Dame is 23-2 and two straight up in the last 25 home games. They clearly do not lose this game. They have an outside shot at the, at the college football playoffs, especially with the brand of franchise that is Notre Dame. So... Clearly, they have a lot to play for. Navy, however, on the other hand, they're just not really good this year. Um, and I think that's saying it lightly. So I think Notre Dame, they, they, they pick the number here. They pick the score here and they win large at home. 
Next, we have number five, Sparty, Michigan State facing Purdue. The Spartans, they are three-point favors on the road, 54 and a half. I'm sorry, 54 is the over-under. Michigan State is 5-0 straight up in their last five games against Purdue, and they're also clearly 5-0 straight up in their last five games. Purdue is 4-1 against the spread in their last five games against Purdue. I'm sorry. Purdue is 4-1 straight up in their last five games against Michigan State. So even though Michigan State wins the game, they're normally close and normally Purdue covers. Uh, The total has gone under in seven of Purdue's last eight games. Mook, pick the winner. West Lafayette can be a sleepy place to go to, and it can be a dangerous place for some teams. Um, I, I think that there's too much uh, Michigan State, you know, for that, but I, I, I think it's a close game. I, I think Purdue hangs in there, and uh, and I'll be at the game. I'll be actually there with a couple of my kids from my team and, you know, and their parents, so it's uh, it'll be fun to see. Uh, but I, I, I like uh, I like Sparty, but I think it's, a, it's another kind of sleepy, sneaky game that it could be a little bit closer than you know than it probably should be. Yeah, I'm actually going the other way, Mook. Like I don't see, like I understand these are college kids, and I could see you know randomly. I you know Vegas says it's three points, you know, mm-hmm. and, and for whatever reason Purdue is up like 14 points at halftime, and somehow Michigan State just barely squeaks out. But I don't see how Purdue, who's been so up and down, who you don't know what you're going to get how they can slow down Michigan State. And I know Michigan State is coming off their biggest game and in, in, in the most hype game they've had all year. And typically there's a, you know, teams deflate a little bit the next week. But I, again, we talked about Mel Tucker. I think, again, he's a coach that is very even killed. He gets his guys prepped. They understand the situation. They are 8-0 for a reason because every week they are ready to play. Give me Michigan State and give me the cover there, This this very small number of three. Next, we have Coastal Carolina. They are 20-point favorites on the road against Georgia Southern. 60 points is the over-under. Coastal Carolina, they are 19-2 straight up in their last 21 games overall. They're also 7-1 straight up in their last eight home games. Georgia Southern, they are 13-4 straight up in their last 17 home games. And they're 8-3 against the spread in their last 11 home games. Mook, pick the winner. Georgia South or Southern is they're tough at home. Coastal Carolina's, I don't know, since that loss, I don't feel like they've, uh, you know, maybe been up to the team that we kind of thought they were earlier in the year. I, I think they win. They, they have to win. They have to, uh, if they're going to push for the Sun Belt t- Championship. So uh, I'm going to take them. Um, but, you know, Georgia Southern is not an easy place to win. So No, no. Georgia Southern is not an easy place to win. And I'm going to take Georgia Southern to cover but I'm going to take Coastal Carolina to win. Simple as that. Next, we have Boise State facing number 24, Fresno State. Fresno State, they are five-point favors at home. 58 and a half is the over-under. Fresno State, they are 5-0 and straight up in their last five home games. And a couple under trends. The total has gone under in five of the last five matchups between these two teams. The total has also gone under in Boise State's last six games on the road. Mook, pick the winner. Fresno State's a pretty good football team. They, I mean, they're they're really a good football team. They can do it both through the air and on the ground. And and Boise State, for their standards, is down and and they don't play great defenses. You know, which I thought they would hang their hats on a little bit more this year. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go dogs in this one. 
yeah, this is the one that I'm going to piggyback with you. I'm going to go dogs uh, for all the reasons you said. And again, I, I just love the fact that they can score. I love the fact that they're at home in this matchup. If this is on the Smurf turf, that would be different. But Boise State, man, there's just I think there's a reason why besides the money, uh, but why Coach Harson left in the offseason. I just feel like Boise State teams have kind of caught up to them. And I think Fresno State is one of those teams that has caught up to them, especially with talent level. So give me Fresno State and giving them to cover this number at home. Next, we have number 19, Iowa. They are 12-point favorites on the road against Northwestern. 40 and a half is the over-under. Iowa, they have won 12 of their last 14 games. Northwestern, they have won eight of their last 10 games at home. The total has gone under in six of the last seven games at Ryan Field in this matchup. Mook, pick the winner. Uh, both teams are pretty much a nightmare on offense. Um, the only difference being that at least Iowa's very good on defense. I, I don't think Iowa's a great football team. I don't think they're even, you know, I think they had some good wins early, but Northwestern's a, you know, what show. <laughs> I mean, Pat Fitzgerald will have them bounce back next year, I guarantee it, but they're not good this year. I'll take Iowa. Love it. Yeah, I, I, I want to go with Northwestern to cover this um, simply because Iowa just has not looked right the last couple of weeks. Um, I don't know, Mook. What do you think? You think I should it should be one of my upsets? You think there's no <laughs> I, chance? I, I, no, I mean, I think that there's – I think Iowa's bad enough offensively that if, you know, if they put the ball on the ground, you know, or, or something – I mean, it, it is that, you know – uh, at Northwestern, uh, you know, the you, you talk about a snooze fest game. I, I always just looked really bad, you know, the last yeah. couple of weeks. You know, uh, I, and this is a this is a very unappealing football game, yeah, 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 yeah. I, <laughs> I, 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 okay, I'm glad you said it because I there's no way I'm gonna watch this no. for that reason. 40 and a half points is the over under, so that tells me every point matters. So give me yeah. Northwestern to cover. But I think Iowa has enough pride and they understand the significance that, look, we can still salv salvage this year and, 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 you know, by winning this matchup, simply put. So Iowa wins, Northwestern covers. Next, we have Tennessee facing number 18, Kentucky. Kentucky, they are one point favorites at home. 57 is the over under Kentucky. They are four and one against the spread in the last five games. Overall, they're also five and zero straight up in the last five home games. Tennessee, they are 22 and three straight up in the last 25 games against Kentucky. Mook, pick the winner. The Vols had a bye week last week, kind of re recovered from their loss to Bama. Um, they got a good offense and Kentucky actually, <clears throat> uh, they've had two straight losses. And uh, I just don't know what their mental makeup is right now. Uh, this is this is a very tough one. I guess that's why there's a one-point spread on it. But uh, I, I'm going with the Vols on the road. Cool, man. Yeah, I uh, this this will be a very tough game. Obviously, Kentucky has owned this matchup, uh, winning 22 of the last 25 games. But Kentucky has, you know, they've looked good. And they've been a team where, again, their head coach lays the foundation for how they play. And their attitude and i'm talking about coach soups there and i just to me home team 
I know it's only one point. They probably should be two or three point favorites, but for some reason, they're only one point favorites. So maybe the boys in Vegas know a little more than I do. But look, I'm going to go with Kentucky at home. I want to try my luck here. And I just feel like, again, at home, they are a team that plays tough. They play hard nose. Either way, it doesn't matter where they're playing. They could be playing in my backyard. They're still going to play that way. But you have them at home. It's pretty much a pick them game. So I'm going with the Wildcats at home to win this matchup. Next, we have LSU facing number three, Alabama. Alabama, they are 28 and a half point favorites at home. 66 points is the over under. Uh, Alabama, they are 21 and one straight up in the last 22 games. They also have won their last five home games. I'm sure they won many more other home games than that. Uh, LSU, they are two and four straight up in their last six games on the road against Alabama. They're also two and four straight up in their last six road games. So that's not good when LSU is on the road, especially against Alabama. So Mook, pick the winner. I don't know what some of the health uh, status is for LSU. I know they're pretty dinged up. The bottom line is that this is not going to be a game that they're going to win. I, I don't believe they have the dudes on their on their team if you know to to pull an upset. At, you know, and I don't think that Alabama's unbeatable as we've already seen but I don't, I don't think with everything going on in Baton Rouge and traveling to Tuscaloosa that this is a, a winnable game for them so uh, I say roll tide in this one alright so LSU number 3 Alabama 28 and a half point okay yeah so I mean this makes a lot of sense right Mook I mean <laughs> it does you know and this is a game where you try to be contrarian. You try to be the smart guy. You try to say, hey, maybe LSU has a shot. <laughs> I don't think LSU has a shot. And clearly the boys in Vegas are saying the same thing. And I don't think LSU even keeps it within this number for whatever reason. Um, I, I think this is a time of the year for LSU with their coach. And this, I, and look, this is the reason why I think Gary Patterson chose not to continue coaching, you know, this, this, this year for TCU. Um, because Ed Orgeron is going to be in a situation where, you know, I just think players are thinking about their future, where they're going to be. Am I going to be at LSU or not? Uh, their backup quarterback, Miles Brennan, he entered a, he entered the transfer portal for LSU. Uh, you got a you got a slew of injuries. You know, kids are going to say, "Hey, am I am I going to be here or am I not going to be here?" And then you look on the flip side of it, you know what you're going to get from Alabama. You know, the program, the franchise, you know, Nick Saban and his troops, they are always going to be ready. So I don't think there's any way, any way possible to LSU win this game. And honestly, leaning, quite frankly, I don't think there's any way that they can even cover this, you know, four score number. So clearly give me Alabama. And I'm also going to take Alabama to, to cover this number. Simply put. Okay, next we have number 20, Houston. They are 13 and a half point favorites on the road against South Florida. 53 and a half is the over under. Houston, they have won their last five games. They have also won the last five games against South Florida. South Florida, they are four and one against the spread in their last five home games. And the total has gone over in six of South Florida's last seven games at home. Boop, pick the winner. What a huge boost for Houston getting that win over uh SMU and on that on that kick return, I, I think they just keep the momentum going here. They, I think it might be a, a close-ish game, but I think uh, just because it's a little bit difficult to play, you know, at South Florida. But I'm gonna go ahead and take uh, 
Cougs. Yeah, I like it, man. I, I, I'm going to take the Cougs as well. I'm also going to say this game, the 53 and a half number, it goes over that number. Okay. Um, the last six, six of the last seven home games for South Florida have gone over. I don't think that South Florida can slow down Houston. And I think that for whatever reason, South Florida would be able to score on Houston's defense. So with that being said, a lot of points will be scored. Uh, I, I I feel like this is a bad number for Houston, especially after a really big win last week um, and an upset win. I guess they technically were the favorite, but to me, they were an upset win over SMU. Now they're on the road at South Florida. Things can get a little bit tricky. Uh, I will go with Houston as winning this game, but I do feel like a lot of points will be scored, and I feel like South Florida will keep it close. Next, we have my Hoosiers, Indiana, facing number nine, Michigan. Michigan, they are 19 and a half point favors at home. 51 is the over-under. Michigan, in the last five home games, they won them all. They're also 5-0 and straight up in their last five games at home against Indiana. Indiana, however, is 6-3 against the spread in their last nine games on the road. The total has gone over in five of Indiana's last seven games. Mook, pick the winner. I think Tom Allen would love to hit a reset on this year. It, it's just been a rough, rough go. Um, Michigan, they, they got a lot to play for. They, they really have to come out here and and uh, and establish themselves. So I think to just kind of build their momentum back up after that tough loss, and it might be a little bit, you know, hard to get the motivation that they need. But they, they're going to need to find it if. They want to find themselves, you know, with an opportunity. They have Penn State and Ohio State yet on the schedule. So they, they better, you know, get it done here. And I think they will. Yeah, they they, they definitely get it done here, Mook. I'm not even going to, like, hold you up, man. They definitely get it done. Indiana has had a season from hell. Um, and I think that's it. I mean, I don't – like, I, I mean, Indiana's back to the old Hoosier ways. You know, I hate to say it. You know, it, it is what it is. So – Number nine, Michigan, off of what should have been a wonderful win with them. Last week, they blew a 16-point you know, uh, lead in that game. I think they are up 16 points and more against Indiana early in this game, and I don't think they let the foot off the gas. So Michigan wins. Michigan wins big. Give me Michigan to win this game. Next, we have two more matchups. Our second-to-last matchup, we have number seven, Oregon who's also number four in the college football rankings. They are six and a half point favorites on the road against Washington. You're Washington Huskies, by the way. <laughs> 51 points is the over under. Oregon, they are seven and one straight up in their last eight games. They're also 14 and two straight up in the last 16 games against Washington. And a total has gone over in seven of that last eight games for Washington. Mook, pick the winner. Well, in the preseason show, I picked Washington. Yes, in this, I'm not. I'm not doing that anymore on this one. I, I will say they are a little bit better than than they were for a while, but that doesn't say a lot either. Uh, no, Oregon, especially with I think they got to have a little bit of juice now, uh, seeing where they're at mm -hmm. in, the, in the playoff. Mm -hmm. So, and they seem to have put you know figured out a little bit offensively, you know, uh, last last week. So, uh, yeah, give, give me the Ducks here. Yeah, you know, clearly give me the Ducks. I, I, I'm I'm right there with you, man. I like teams that they see the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, the Ducks, they see the light at the end of the tunnel. We have a chance if everything goes, you know, to plan. If you're an Oregon Duck fan, 
and your player or coach, you're saying, hey, we have a chance to play in the Final Four. So you got to love that opportunity. I don't think that Washington, honestly, I don't think that Washington has a shot in this game. Now, look, I did mention earlier that Oregon seemingly always loses a game at the wrong time, especially on the road. This would be the matchup, especially in Seattle. I feel like just reputation precedes the Huskies here, right? Because, you know, you just feel like, hey, this is a game that Washington can keep it close. This is a game that, you know, Oregon normally slips up, but they've been playing well. They lost arguably their best player a few weeks ago in Verdell. Mm-hmm. And honestly, they haven't missed a beat, which I was surprised by. So with that being said, I really, really, really like Oregon in this game. And I really, really, really like Oregon to cover this number. So give me Oregon to cover the number. Give me Oregon to win this matchup. Give me Oregon to beat your preseason Washington Huskies uh, <laughs> in a game where, again, they need style points. They need to continue to win. And honestly, I don't feel like Washington, even though they're playing better, I don't feel like they have a shot to win this game. Our last matchup, we have number 16. We have a battle of the University of Texas regional schools. So we have number 16, UTSA, which is also University of Texas, San Antonio. They are 11 point favorites on a road at the University of Texas, El Paso, also known as UTEP. 53 points is the over-under. UTSA is 5-0 straight up in the last five road games. They're also 5-0 straight up in the last five games. UTEP, they are 5-0 against the spread in the last five games. And UTEP is 5-0 straight up in the last five home games. So something's got to break here. Luke, pick the winner. This is like the Texas acronym bowl or something. I don't know. Acronym, what they, you know. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that. Um, uh, Utah, I think the the miners losing last week took a little bit of luster off this one. Um, I'll say that both of these teams look pretty sharp in their road whites. Um, and that's neither here nor there, but I do like the road whites in this one. So I will take uh, UTSA because they're the road team. They look a little bit sharper <laughs> in their whites. So yeah, you know what. Runners. Yeah, get, okay, you're taking the road runners. <laughs> a part of me wants to now take UTEP. Now, I feel like UTEP is going to keep it close for whatever reason. Again, five, UTEP is 5-0 and against the spread in their last five games, and, they're, and they've won their last five home games. So they're tough to play at home. And you know coaches on both sides are saying, hey, in the acronym bowl, we can both win the game. There's no reason why we can't compete. There's no reason why... You know, you cannot win the game. So I know UTSA is a ranked team. It's easy to take them. And I kind of want to take them because I just want to see their story continue. I love the Cinderella teams like this. Um, but be careful, guys out there. I mean, UTEP is is nothing to play with. And especially at home, I feel like, you know, they're not going to be an easy win for UTSA. Uh, but with all that said, I will join you. I'm going to go with the Roll Runners. We talked about it. What a cool nickname. What a cool <laughs> mascot. You talked about the the, the the road whites. Yeah, UTSA, man, they, they look clean. They look good. Uh, and again, cool mascot. And I just feel like I would love their, I would love to see UTSA and their Cinderella story to continue. So I do have the road runners winning this matchup. But, 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 but 
be careful out there because I think UTEP will will not go down without a fight. Tim Hardaway, man, he's going to come out and right. I think he was a UTEP guy. Was he? Senior. I think. I think. I senior. Think, Let me look that I, up. I have to look that up. I know. I did not know that. Michigan, right, but I want to see senior with the. UTEP, man. I, I thought that was just the UTEP two step. We'll have to look I that up, man. UTEP two step. Let me I'll see. Let me up. see. Wikipedia. You looking that up? Yeah, yeah. His son continues to come up. I don't want his son. I want the. I want the. I, want, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I want the killer crossover. UTEP, yes, college, 1985 right. to 1989. All right. So if he's got a year of eligibility left, I'm gonna take <laughs> UTEP. Yeah, maybe he can show up and play a little quarterback for him. I don't there know. There you go. There you go. Yeah, from <laughs> Chicago. Chicago boy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love it. All right. So that's even more of a reason why I think UTEP will fight in what <laughs> you have now famously called the acronym bowl, which I love. <laughs> so, yes, I have UTSA winning that matchup, but I think that would be a wonderful game. So I look forward to seeing that. And uh, Mook, I look forward to doing this again. That would actually wrap it up for this week's show. Uh, do you have anything you want to say to the fans? Uh, no, just uh, good luck to uh, your your big brickies at uh, yes. at Lowell this weekend. You know, big yes. section hardware time. It's hardware time. Hardware time. Every game we play now is a t shirt game. So and that's it. Time to get some, time it. to get a trophy and, and a t shirt. So yes, we play Lowell High School at Lowell in a in a in a game for the sectional title as well as you know it's a big rivalry game. So we're l- really looking forward to that. So fans, wish us luck. Mook, tell us the information about your boys. You guys are going to play um, the team from Illinois, the state champion from Illinois, uh, in a few weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's correct. We play uh, the Parkridge Falcons. Uh, we'll see them November 21st at 6 p.m. in Chesterton High School in Indiana. That oh, they got to come across border. They yeah, gotta they got to come, gotta come over here. They, they got to come to the region. Uh, okay. Yeah, the whole uh, Midwest uh, region's being played at Chesterton this year. So, uh, okay. you know, so it's kind of cool to be close to home for it. So, well, I, I told you, Mook, that I, uh, and fans, I'm going to be transparent here. I, I told Mook that I would attend the game all year. I have yet to attend the game. I was supposed to last week. It was wet and rainy, and I'm kind of not the best wet and rainy guy. <laughs> Plus, I had to watch, uh, my wife was away, so I, you know, I had to take care of the boy. But for that matchup, for that game, I plan on being there, Mook. Okay, <laughs> like hold me to it, unless we're for whatever planning a state title game, which I don't think will be the the reason why I would miss it. I think these would be different different days. But yeah. unless I'm planning a state title game, I plan on being there. So yeah. please hold me to that. Okay? <laughs> I will. We'll do. We'll do. Okay. All right, cool. And I got to do a little graphic for you guys, man. You know I like to do the graphics. Oh so yeah, I want to. Awesome. I lost my earpiece there, but oh. I want to do. I, <laughs> I want to do a graphic for you guys to send that out to, again. Congratulations to you and your team and the players and the parents on winning the uh, Indiana State title. Awesome, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right, man. Be good. Bless you, man. Thank you for doing this again, and the fans out there like subscribe retweet do all that good stuff we'll be back next week to give you another fabulous show show us love show support keep doing what you do we'll keep doing what we do so from us to you this is me coach t keep showing us love and we'll keep bringing you that funk peace <laughs>